Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation, episode 70. For today's interview, our host, Brian Ardinger, co-founder of Inside Outside Innovation and Econic, sat down with Jyoti Shukla, Senior Director of User Experience at Nordstrom. Jyoti talked about some of the challenges they faced as a 116-year-old retail business transitioning in a world of disruption. She also gave some specific examples about how to prioritize customers when testing new user experiences and emphasize the importance of diversity when considering and developing profiles of customer personas. The best way to reach Jyoti is through LinkedIn. Hey everyone, I'm Victory Clafter, the producer of Inside Outside Innovation, the podcast that brings you the latest insights from people who know the most about building lean businesses, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries with passion and precision. To learn more, visit InsideOutside.io or follow our Twitter at The IO Podcast. Really, the retail landscape has changed more in the last five years than it has in the last 25 years. So Nordstrom being a 116-year-old retailer and really going through this amazing transformational change. And one of the reasons I was really excited to join the company was the focus and strategic uh, desire to really meet the customer where he or she is at at any point. So one of the things I like to talk about is I have two kids that are under the age of seven. Both of them uh, came out of the womb basically with a, with a phone in their hand. They're considered the alpha <laughs> generation, right? It's mine so as well. Exactly. They're calling generation glass because they've always had a screen in front of them. And there's no question that not only that demographic, the millennial demographic, but just in general, our expectations as customers are just continuing to change over and over again. We have experiences like voice recognition. We have um, conversational UI. We also have just things like, you know, at home experiences where we're anticipating technology to be in and part of our lives. So coming to Nordstrom, the, the amazing thing about it is the company in itself is also going through a lot of change. And the focus is really continuing to be focused on the customer and speed of delivery and making sure that we're actually meeting our customers at where they're at. So some of the challenges that I face in my role, I support uh, the user experience design organization as well as the research team and the copy team. And so our team really partners with leadership as well as product management to figure out what are the key experiences that we should be prioritizing to get out to our customers. So we really focus on the mobile experiences, the mobile web, mobile app, obviously, and similarly to the website, the e-commerce experience. But we're also very passionate about helping our sales force, um, our salespeople, who, again, one thing that we uh, try really, really hard is to listen and understand our customers where they're at and serve them any way they need to be served. And so coming in from the physical world where, you know, you come into the stores, there's a conversation with a salesperson and then you leave with a bag. Now with that digital frame of being able to connect online, connect before you come in, we're doing a lot of work to try and understand our customer, be able to meet them where he or she is, and be really inclusive about the different kind of demographics that we're bringing into the experiences. So those are kind of the bigger problems that, that we're focused on at this moment right now. 
And that brings up an interesting point. I mean, Nordstrom's, it's known for its customer experience, you know, obviously in the physical world. And now you layer on that technology aspect and it does kind of change things. So do you see the the work that you're doing is more technologically driven or, or more culturally driven? How does that play into it? It's a great question. So I have to admit, I started way back when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. And I went in and I got a job at Nordstrom. And I, you know, my career has spanned lots of different companies. It it didn't start and end at Nordstrom, but really where I've been at Starbucks and Microsoft and Disney and Real Networks. But what I did learn at Nordstrom, uniquely different, is how to, you know, we really got trained about how to to help the customer at any point that the customer needs that particular kind of help. So it's Mm -hmm. very much about empowering the salespeople to do what they believe is the right thing to do for the customer at that given time. You know, from customers, we heard different kinds of stories about how that's helped them stay true to the to the loyalty of Nordstrom. But the challenge now is we're in the digital age and we've been in it for a while now. And so when you go on the, the app or you go actually on the website and you're checking out or you're having an experience, you really expect from Nordstrom that type of level of service. And so the challenge that my team focuses on is we start with the customer problem. So that's the number one thing we do with, with every idea or particular situation, because it's very easy in this day and age to say, okay, we're going to go ship an AI experience, or we're going to do something um, at home, or we're going to do, you know, specifically technologically based. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, our business is about people and connecting with people and being able to help them when they're having a problem. So my encouragement to my team is definitely be aware of all the technology that's out there. It's really exciting, you know, VR, AR, it's all really fun. Mm -hmm. But how does that um, connect back to what that person needs at that particular time? So we start with a problem. And then we typically take prototype or a set of sketches to solve that customer's problem. And we have a research facility that I help support, um, user research, where we actually have customers and salespeople come into our labs or we go physically into our stores. And we try and test our hypotheses to make sure, you know, does this actually resonate to the problem we're trying to solve? And then ultimately from there, we start iterating. And it's a very lean approach because our hope is that if we start really lean and we have customers involved and salespeople engaged early, we can actually define that experience alongside them. And ultimately, there's always a choice of things we can do from a technology standpoint. Um, You can go really high fidelity with something extreme, which you can test out, or you can start iteratively and have moments where you can check in with your customer. So we've had a lot of different experiences where we've tried a lot of different things at Nordstrom. And that's what's really been exciting to see the company shift into the opportunity to say, okay, we are in the digital age. The, The customer always comes first in our physical stores and our digital experiences internally, how do we take that like value proposition to our customers and really make that shine through? And ultimately, it always starts with the customer telling us what they need, what's the problems they're trying to solve, and then us quickly finding ways to come up with solutions and iterate. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because you you think about it. So um, imagine you're the customers, uh, you don't have a, a single demographic that comes into Nordstrom's. It's probably pretty broad based in that. So how do you actually manage these multiple different customer needs you know, at different times in that? How do you build a team around that? And how do you actually go about uh, tackling this, this diversity problem and this challenge of mixing technology and culture and, and you know, almost this on-demand uh, service that the customers are acquiring? 
100% great question. The biggest challenge that we face is, and it's, it's most companies, so it's not just Nordstrom, when you have had the opportunity to be in business for quite a long time, there's an opportunity to say, you know, we understand our customer. We, we know what he or she wants. And what's wonderful about Nordstrom is that one aspect of it, and I've seen other companies do this really well too, of course, is being able to continue to be curious about the customer and what they're changing their needs are and the demographics and the diversity aspects of it as well. So what we did a couple of years ago when we were a more fledgling team, if you will, and one of the things that we were noticing is that we were focusing on a demographic that was sort of an assumption of what a customer would be, more just people's gut feels and like, this is what we think the customer is. We actually put our um, money where our mouth is and actually put some data around it and tried to figure out who really is our customer, take the data and created a set of personas. Now, the personas, they went across gender, they went across um, different experiences, different ethnicities, and it was really helpful because when you're creating products and experiences, typically it's easy to assume that you're the customer for it because you may be a big fan of the brand or you might have an idea of what the customer is. And so with these data-driven personas, we actually have names for each of them. And we've evolved this into a new set of personas the last couple of years, and each of them have all of the data around who they are, what are their likes and dislikes, where else do they shop. And it's a really rich way of actually implementing uh, a demographic within your experience really early on. So you actually start with a particular person and Mm -hmm. you say this individual, let's call him Octavio, for example, he is an experienced um, shopper, but he has his time starved and he's trying really quickly to get the things he wants, but he also isn't necessarily going to go always into the physical store and he's shopping at X, Y, and Z other places. So how do we figure out what problems he's trying to have? And even with the data, we were able to kind of pull into those pieces. So we start with that customer in mind and that's a way for us to organize the experienced team of product technology, user experience, and leadership to say, this is our customer. This is a data-driven customer that we know about. Let's try to focus in on what he or she needs versus what we believe the customer is. And then quickly after that, we try and take, we even go in and survey our customers. We do focus groups. We do a lot of different contextual inquiries where we actually sit with our customers and we watch them go through some of these challenging problems. And we, we really dialogue with them to find out, you know, what is it that's, that's challenging? And so the user-centered design approach, which starts with asking about the customer problems, figuring out how to get data-driven personas, and having the customer along the journey is all within the last seven years within Nordstrom's walls because the team is about um, six or seven years old. So it's been a really great journey because when you notice technologists who have a really great approach to technology and believe that their experience is the one that's going to win, and then a designer who has an experience which they think is going to really top the customer's expectations, you put that in front of a customer and you watch and you see how they actually react. And so that's been a lot of my work is to involve the customer themselves within our experiences. I love that approach, but you know, I think too many corporations fall into that trap of, hey, we know our customers, and we're going to continue to you know serve quote unquote that customer without necessarily going back. And I think that's why you you see a lot of disruption too, is because they're they're effectively serving customers that aren't their customers anymore, or or the you know the demographics has changed, or the you know the technologies they use have changed. Um, in effect, their customer base has changed. 
So it's it's interesting that you kind of went back to step one and, and really took a hard approach of like, who are we actually serving and, and what does that look mm-hmm. like? Absolutely. And I think the stores themselves, as you know, uh, if you've had a chance to go into the stores, the number one focus for our employees is to serve the customer at any point that they need. And so the challenge is that when you meet a customer and you get a chance to get to know them and you have that relationship started, it's just a natural way of authenticity with our with our customers to ask them to connect. But if it's a digital means, it's a little bit more distant, right? So we have got to make that come through in our properties as well. We must make sure that we serve our customers just as they feel connected in the store. How do we do that on the app? How do we do that um, with our other properties as well? So it's, it's certainly a challenge. And I will, I will admit we're, we're working on it. We're in work in progress. We're not, by no means are we there yet, but we're trying our best to get there. So that's great. Let's dig a little bit into like how you've actually uh, accomplished this from a, from a team design perspective. So you you mentioned you kind of have a full stack kind of approach. You know the technology, the person, the the product person, the the leadership, and that. How does that actually come together? To uh, and then how does that team go about developing product or solution or, or experiences in the real world? Absolutely. Uh, so there's so many different ways to organize, and there's a lot of evolved models, and there are some areas where you know you, you get into more of a startup experience where you really just want to be lean and ship things as quickly as possible. So mm-hmm. my approach with my leadership, a, a partnership with product, partnership with technology, is really to take a lot of the lean principles that I, I believe work really well at a startup and invigorate them into a large enterprise. And so what we try to do is product, technology, and user experience are all at the table for any strategic discussion about experience. And so every you know person has a particular set of skills that they bring to the table. But ultimately, without those three in the room, it's really tough to build a great product. And mm-hmm. it's important for teams to collaborate in that way. So what we've done is we've actually pulled out individuals from each of those teams and set them on a mission related to a particular project. So I'll give you an example. Last year before the holidays, we had a desire from our customers uh, about being able to give gifts, give gifts to each other online. And the question came up is, you know, we don't have uh, resources that were allocated to this. How are we going to do that? So we pulled out a, a technology leader as well as a product uh, manager and a user experience team of a researcher, a writer, and a designer to sit together in a pod, basically, and come up with a set of guiding principles. The number one thing is, what are what are we trying to do? What is the problem we are trying to solve? And basically, give that team the ability to run as fast as they can, in, obviously, in an agile or sprint-like fashion, but being able to have some constraints of time. So we wanted to get this experience out to the customers prior to holiday, because we knew uh, that would be an opportunity for us to test. Number two, uh, the key thing is we knew that the experience wouldn't be 100% perfect because we were trying to go as fast as possible, but we wanted to make sure we had an MVP, so uh, a product that we felt good about that we could start the platform and iterate. And then number three, we wanted to have these moments along the way where we would check in with our customers. So the team itself, um, and I remember them very focused, you know, and it's like creating a little startup within an enterprise. And it's highly effective. And the key things are you've got to give them space to be able to run quickly. You have to make sure that they have the opportunity to not necessarily have a 100% winning product because you're trying to push. 
And then the third thing is you have to have these customer checkpoints along the way. So at one point, we actually realized that the experience we were building may not fit the customer needs at all. And we were already in the the phase of almost designing the thing. But because we started off with sketches, which I typically like to have the team start, let's start with some sketches. Let's get the customer to react to it. Let's keep iterating because it's a very low fidelity way of learning. And then ultimately, you get a prototype in there. And that's where we noticed customers were just confused. And so that gave us the opportunity to adjust some things. And when you have technology, product, and UX in the room talking, amazing solutions come up within constraints. And so my biggest opportunity um, for the team and the company is just to continue to invigorate that partnership between the three-legged stool of UX product and technology for them to feel like they're part of a team. Whether they're part of you know, a separate team, it's fine. It's just making sure that they have that opportunity to run quickly. So we were able to launch e-gifting to the holiday uh, time frame, and it was it was positive. We learned a lot about technology, you know, working with the the vendors that we had. But it's also how did we partner together? What was that culture like? How can we build that innovative culture, disruptive in the organization? And we have moments of these experiences where I bring in some of the lean startup or lean UX principles. But mm-hmm. we certainly need more, Brian. I think that's that's the thing that I'm looking forward to in the in the coming year. Excellent. So the, the kind of the last question really revolves around what kind of advice or, or tips or tricks have you seen that has been more effective at actually selling this into your organization? You know, selling this idea that, hey, we may fail on some of these kind of things, but that's okay. And how do you kind of get, a, a, again, a 116-year-old retailer in, in an industry that's, that's fairly old as well to think and move and act faster and, and, and better? Okay, number one, here's some really important companies or data points that show by invigorating these spaces, we can move the needle from a ROI or financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Number two, we can take this these problems, put it in front of customers, and actually solve and iterate quickly. And the third thing is with an ever-focus on the positivity of the change versus the fear, customers, leaders, and uh, team members want to be around that kind of energy. So right. recognizing right. that every challenge uh, on the other side was an opportunity, which then became greatness, is something that's really important. So I'd say one of my opportunities, and I'm still working through this, is not staying involved, you know, staying just focused on the things I'm doing right now, thinking outside, trying to anticipate customers' needs, and being uh, able to communicate that with leadership and build relationships, I think is crucial. of another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Jyoti for sharing her time and insights with us. If you've got a minute, leave us a review on iTunes or send us your thoughts on Twitter at the IO Podcast. Until next time, go out and innovate. <laughs>